I'm Asan, and this is the market on the 9320 player. The summer is getting closer. The transfer rumors are getting hotter. So I suspect that these podcasts are going to get a little bit more frequent. Joining me today, I am delighted. Is this a, is this a debut on the market for you, Sam? Yeah, debut on the market. Excellent. So I've got Sam, a.k.a. American Citizen. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Well, good afternoon for you. Good yes. morning for me. Can't complain. It's a it's a nice cold rainy day in Cincinnati, also known as the Ibiza of America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think so, but you can you can tell yourself that. Not at all. Not at all. What, whatever gets you through the rainy day. <laughs> well, look, um before we get into the transfer window, um quick run through of the agenda for the listeners. Me and Sam are going to chat very quickly about Champions League draw that's literally happened in the last hour. Um, and then I think the main focus of this podcast is going to be Jude Bellingham today because we are beginning to get to a point in the season where things are beginning to become a little bit clearer. Or at the very least, I feel as though there's actually a conversation we can have now that maybe wasn't even there a month ago. Um, and then we will very quickly look at potential outgoings for City and also finances. Just where can we sell? What can we sell? What will the summer cost? How it's gonna? How it all could potentially shake out? So yeah, Sam, let's start with Bayern. <laughs> Obviously, you're not feeling great because you just told me <laughs> you're not feeling great. So how not great are you feeling on a scale of one to ten? Um. I'd probably put it at a eight right now. Um, and honestly, like I'll say it like this. And I told you this before. If you gave me these eight teams this year and said, make the worst possible draw for city, it probably wouldn't be far off from this. Mm. Having said that, I, I think Bayern are in a weaker year though. Like they're, this isn't like the best Bayern we've seen in quite some time. They're, they're definitely vulnerable. I think they're only one or two points ahead of Dortmund for first place in the Bundesliga. And so I think they're definitely vulnerable. And even the way they play, they don't play like the fast German counterattacking team. They actually play very similar to Wheat play. Um, that's a Nagelsmann thing. He's very Pep-like. He's not super, you know, German Gegenpressing. Jurgen Klopp type of style. It's not him. Yeah. So, um, yeah, for that, Real Madrid, they're not great this year, but they always seem to pull out something. Um, Chelsea, uh, honestly, I'm not super worried about Chelsea. Um, and then potentially Napoli in the final. Napoli looks really good. Obviously, that's a long way away. But um, if – we were to switch places with Napoli, I would say that's the best draw we could have ever gotten. So uh, that's how I'm yeah, feeling. You know what? I, I just, I, I I hear everything that you're saying. And then I just immediately, my mind goes to Leon and how everybody had basically booked their tickets to the final on the basis that obviously we were going to beat Leon. I actually think in terms of keeping the squad honest, keeping the players honest, keeping the match days honest, the bigger games are better, particularly here at this stage. Because ultimately, if you are in a Milan 
or AC Milan and you've got to play City in the quarterfinal or the semi-final, you are the overwhelming underdog. City are the overwhelming overdog, favourites, however you want to characterise that. And that just brings a different kind of pressure to both teams. And actually, it for, for the opposition team, when it is perceived to be a weaker team it's a free hit and it's almost a lot easier to go and play somebody like City than it is maybe somebody at your level where you're expected to make more of a game so I don't think that there's a I don't think there's an easy way through to the final of the Champions League and I don't think there's an easy way to win it um so no I mean no matter who you play exactly if it's if it's Bayern, it's Bayern. We'll slap them. I mean, I I really I dislike Bayern Munich at a pretty high level. Um, and I hope that Guardiola is fully bought in to the post-Bayern, Bayern narrative of just how evil City are and, and how dumb Pep was to move to, to City and all of the oil money jibes. I expect he will be. And I think that he'll he'll have the, the players ready and, and up for it. Listen, I want to talk transfer, so I'm going to keep this super, super brief. Will City beat Bayern Munich over two legs? Yes or no? Yes. Splendid. So. That's the only answer you could have given me. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to, we need, we're going to do it. Yes. Yes. So now the main event of this podcast, um, I want to talk to you, Bellingham. <clears throat> I'm going to start with this. Now, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Sam, but is it fair for me to say that you are somebody who, in the recent past, was fairly certain that he was going to land in Liverpool? Um, I wouldn't say, well, depends on what you mean by recent past. I would say if you said six months ago, probably. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I would say it like this. I would say I thought this race was Liverpool's to lose. Mm-hmm. It's probably the best way for me to put it. Um, Interesting. So, because the way I look at it is, oh, continue. Sorry. So, no, I, I'm I'm interested in when you say it was Liverpool's to lose. I think you're going to have to explain that to me, like I'm an idiot. Okay. What do you mean by that? So, do you think that it? So, do you think that overwhelmingly he wants to go to Liverpool? So they fumbled the bag somehow. This is kind of what I mean by that. Let's start at the beginning of the season because the, the landscape of the league and the teams look very different than they do now. So beginning of the season, we start Liverpool's runner-ups. They finish right behind us. They're Champions League runner-ups. Uh, most indicators, I don't think anybody would have predicted them looking like this. Maybe they predicted them dropping a little bit. I don't think anybody predicts them like, maybe not even making the top four. Um, So at that time, when you look at it and you think Jude Bellingham grew up a Liverpool fan, at at least I think his dad, I know did Um, everything you've heard for years is Jude Bellingham likes Liverpool. There's a glaring need for him at Liverpool, at least one midfielder, but that's a whole other problem. Um, And I thought, listen, this is kind of Liverpool's, um, this is their race to lose, as long as Liverpool can fork up the money. But And that's a big if, by the way. That's, that's a massive if. But if Liverpool is willing to pay the money for him, all other things equal. I think if, you know, say City, Liverpool, and Real Madrid all 
maybe not Real Madrid. I don't think they're even in it. But say City and Liverpool both offer X dollars. It's the same exact dollar, X amount of salary. It's the same exact salary. I think he would choose Liverpool um, just because he has kind of the history there. He's got the fandom there. Um, But as the season has gone on and you see, well, Liverpool might not make the Champions League. Liverpool looks like they need a lot more than just one midfielder. And Liverpool's board outwardly saying, and all the reports outwardly saying, hey, we're probably not going to spend that much money on one player. Um, I think that starts to point to the other direction. So that's what I meant by it was Liverpool's race to lose. Is mm. In the beginning so, of the season, they kind of had everything going for them. Yeah, I guess I, 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 I do see that point of view. My feeling on Bellingham has kind of evolved over the last 12 months in that I'm probably somebody who's a little late to the party in how good he is. I think that a year ago when people were talking about Bellingham, I was a little bit like, really, is he that good though? Because my thing is that you're, if I'm looking at it from a city point of view, the big thing I feel is that the level is Kevin De Bruyne. And that's got to be a starting point. And granted, like, you're not going to, you know, you, you can't clone players and you're not going to find, you, you will you will, you will, will never find the perfect replacement for a player. But the point being that when Yaya Torre was coming to his end at the football club, there was a feeling of we'll never replace Yaya Torre. And the club acted smartly and swiftly in bringing De Bruyne in couple of years before Yaya left. And by the time Yaya left, Kevin De Bruyne was the talisman. Um, And so for me with Bellingham, my thing was, I don't know if he's that guy. I feel as though the more that I've watched of him, the more I've gone, oh, okay, so he's really, truly a generational talent. And as, as that realization dawned on me, it became pretty clear to me why it would be really difficult for Liverpool to sign him. Um, I have felt all season that all of the noise around Liverpool is driven from a, almost a sense of going, well, what can we compete with? Well, we can compete with history. We can compete with City's history. We can compete with Madrid's history. Um, We have the ace in the hole that his father grew up a Liverpool supporter and therefore maybe he grew up supporting Liverpool as well. But that for me, whilst being a consideration, respectfully when you're talking about generational talents and footballers, I don't think that those aren't the considerations that tip the scales. If you're Jude Bellingham, in the same way that if you're Erling Haaland, in the same way that if you're Mbappe, when you're thinking about what happens next when you're leaving a club like Dortmund, well, your first thing is, well, if I leave here, because I get Champions League football here, right? I get paid really good here. If I leave here, what am I winning next? Because that's got to be the next move. The next move has got to be to win things. It's the first thing. And you look at England, and even with the success that Liverpool have had over the last five years, 
if you look at the investment that Chelsea and United are making and the investment that City make, maybe during the peak, peak Klopp era, there was a moment at which Liverpool could step in and go for those a certain type of talent and pay big money and get them. But right now, agents aren't stupid and players aren't stupid. And everybody can see the lay of the land in England. It doesn't, if you're the age, if I'm the agent of a footballer of Jude Bellingham's quality, and I'm talking to Liverpool, my first question is, well, your owner said three months ago that that they're going to continue to operate in a sensible and sustainable manner. How are they going to compete with Man City and Chelsea and United whilst operating in that manner? What assurances do we have that you're going to be investing in the team to compete with those rivals? I don't think that they'll get the answer that they want. So when you're, when you're a talent at that level, the, for me, the, the conversation very much becomes about what is success? Success for Jude Bellingham isn't playing in the Champions League because he's playing in the Champions League now at Dortmund. Success for Jude Bellingham is not getting Bellingham is not getting paid loads of money because he's going to get paid loads of money wherever he goes. Success for Bellingham is going to end up being well, how many trophies have I won at the end of my career? And I've heard many people say, well, the Romantics' choice would be for him to go to Liverpool because even if he wins less, it's more romantic. It's more of a story. It's more of a narrative. I'm just not sure that you can convince a man whose career you're talking about to base the future of his career on emotion. There's, you know, it just it's just, it, I find it very difficult to believe. I find it very, very difficult to believe that what tips the scales within all of this is ever going to be he supports Liverpool or his dad supports Liverpool. Because Liverpool, to me, don't act like a super club. And if they don't act like a super club, I'm not sure how... And we're talking about a very specific type of player, the 0.01% of the 0.01%. Only five or six of them that have appeared in the last 10 years. Bellingham's one of those guys. And I just, I think that they, that part of what will define the legacies of those players will be trophies and the number of trophies and the records that they break. Not, well, you know, the cop sang my name every day for 10 years. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes, and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now, or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.